It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. And it's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for part one of the mailbag. So, of course, for that, we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbly. So let's jump right into the mailbag. Next question comes in from RB. He says, do you think that Justin Fields could have the potential at the next level to be Deshaun Watson with his combination of athleticism and football IQ? Also, do you think the Jets could trade down with Atlanta, pick fourth, and snag some extra picks and then grab Trey Lance? So let's start with the first part of this. Yeah, Fields certainly could be another Deshaun Watson. Of course, you have to play the odds here. Watson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he is a proven commodity. With Fields, he has the potential to maybe be somebody in the mold of Deshaun Watson, but he can't say for sure. I actually like Jordan Reed's comparison better. He says that he's some combination of a souped-up Dak Prescott and early Cam Newton. I think that's really what you're more looking at with Justin Fields as his ceiling. And that's a pretty good ceiling. You would take that any day of the week. So, again, this all comes down to what you see when you look at the tape. But he certainly has the potential to be a really, really good quarterback. And there's a reason why he's in play, potentially, at number two overall. As far as the second part of your question, trading down to number four, I don't know that Atlanta wants to trade up. It sounds like they're going to stick with Matt Ryan, at least for now. And so if they're going to pick a quarterback, it would make more sense for them to take Lance at number four than for them to trade up. Also, we've talked about this before, Chris, trading down becomes dangerous because if you trade down to four, if somebody figures out that you like Lance, they can jump you and take that Miami pick and grab him right in front of you. So if you really like a quarterback, just pick him at number two. That's where I'm at. Yeah, well, also, uh, who's Atlanta training up for two for? Because I'd, I would think that Trey Lance is uh, probably somebody that they would be trying to identify. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, behind them, you got Miami at three. Is Miami going to stick with Tua? Or, uh, and if they do stick with Tua, would they try to trade out to somebody else who wants the quarterback? So there's even just dropping those two spots – you could have both the quarterbacks you were trying to identify and try to go could be gone then. Um, So that's, you know, if you want to do that, it depends on how extremely hundred percent confident you are and what, uh, you know, what would Atlanta do with that pick and what would Miami do? And if you felt a hundred percent confident and you still got it, then all right. But yeah, I'm, when we're talking about quarterbacks, if you like a quarterback enough to take him at two, you take him at two. Um, you don't risk uh, anything else. You don't try to get cute. 
you try to get cute, pick up a couple extra draft picks, and then all of a sudden you lose that guy that you wanted, and now you got these other draft picks and no quarterback again. Um, <clears throat> as far as Fields with Watson, you know, I've I've started my uh, study on Fields, and I the. I like the comparison that you said that Jordan Reed made uh, that the Dak Prescott one is much, much closer to it. And in, in my opinion, the main difference that I see with fields and Deshaun Watson is, and it's probably going to be my biggest knock on fields um, is he doesn't, he doesn't make plays out of structure as much when he's uh, buying time. It, he doesn't really buy time in the pocket. He he'll wait in the pocket and then he takes off. He's not going to roll out and then make plays with his arm at that point. He's just going to take off and run, which does a lot of good. And trust me, I'm well aware that Deshaun Watson gets himself into a lot of trouble doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Russell Wilson, same type of thing. Darnold also to a much lesser degree. um, They just do way more good uh, than Darnold. But Deshaun Watson makes so many plays outside of structure that you'll take those couple times where he he messes up and you know gets a 15 yard sack because mm-hmm. he's trying to do too much. Um, I don't see that with Fields, and that's the one thing that as I'm still watching the Fields and Wilson tape, that's the one thing that keeps making me want to lean Wilson a little bit more. Is I like his ability outside of structure and outside of the pocket more than Fields. But yeah, I the. I hadn't thought about it. I, I really hate the NFL player comps, but sometimes they're good and can uh, do some good things. You saying the Cam Newton, Dak Prescott one, uh, especially the Dak, that that feels much closer to uh, what I expect Fields to be than comparison to Watson. For that simple reason, just outside of structure, that you watch them in those situations and they're nothing alike. Leadership ability, I think, is where they're similar, the two of them. But yeah, making the plays off structure, it's funny you say that because I think Wilson is much, much better at that. And also, obviously, when you're talking about somebody like Deshaun Watson, it does get him into trouble a fair amount of the time, but it gets outweighed by the even greater amount of times that he finds ways to make plays. I can't tell you how many times, Chris, I'll be watching a Texans game and I'll be screaming, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, and he's holding it and holding it and holding it and holding it, but then he makes a great play. And it sort of reminds me of that scene in Major League when Willie Mays Hayes makes that basket catch and he comes back to the dugout and Lou Brown says to him, nice catch, Hayes. Don't ever effing do it again. That's kind of how you feel with Watson. You wish he wouldn't do these things, but because he gets away with it so often, you put up with it because the great plays outnumber, as you said, the 15-yard sacks. But you don't see that so much with Justin Fields. He's not as good off structure. That's more something that you would get from Zach Wilson. Next question comes in from Say My Name If He says, rank these scenarios best to worst. Number one, keeping Darnold in the offense and seeing if he has untapped elite talent. Number two, trading multiple firsts and seconds to get Watson. Number three, drafting Zach Wilson. Number four, drafting Justin Fields. Number five, trading down, drafting Trey Lance and getting more draft capital for the rebuild. So this is how I would rank it. Number one, by a mile, trading whatever you need to trade to get Deshaun Watson. Number two, drafting Zach Wilson. Number three, 
drafting Justin Fields, number four, trading down and getting Trey Lance. The reason that to me is a distant number four is because of what we talked about before, Chris, because trading down doesn't guarantee that you can actually get Trey Lance. If I knew for sure I could get Lance, I'd be a little less nervous about this option, but trading down always takes the certainty out of it. And then number five would be keeping Darnold and seeing if he still has untapped elite talent. I just don't think that should be an option for the Jets at this point. The timeline doesn't work. He's only got one year left on the deal. You have a chance to trade him now and get value, and you're sitting at number two with the opportunity to get a really good quarterback prospect. You don't know where you're going to be in the draft in 2022, and you don't know what the 2022 quarterback class is going to look like. So strike now, trade Darnold, get the value, and move on and restart that rookie contract clock. So that would be how I would rank it. Watson 1, Wilson 2, Fields 3, trading down and hopefully getting Lance 4, and Darnold 5, and to be honest, I really wouldn't even rank that. That wouldn't be an option for me. Yeah, so the first is definitely Deshaun, uh, no questions asked. I might I might try to get cute and add a six option here and, and put just draft Trey Lance at second. <laughs> just shoehorn that in there mm-hmm. um, because I, I with you, I, I don't like the Trey Lance option here provided because I'm not trading back. I'm not taking that risk. Um, but uh, I, you know, everything else, the draft at two doesn't matter who. Uh, Wilson Fields right now I don't have a strong enough opinion on ranking those three those guys are all there Um, I'll put Darnold at at fourth though just because uh, the last thing I'd want to do is do the trade back option and then be left without a quarterback at all Um, like and if at least if I'm going with the keeping Darnold plan I know that going in um and I'm really just doing that just to be a little bit different than your uh, rankings. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's Deshaun Watson at, at the top. It's ending, ending up with Darnold playing uh, next year at the absolute bottom. Everything else is just deg- slight degrees of separation. They're, they're pretty close. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Caesar Sala. He says, which of the Jets' current D-linemen will see the biggest change in responsibilities under Ulbrich and Sala? Two words, Quinnen Williams. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's uh, uh, Let me take a second to appreciate the name because that, that is a great name, Caesar Sala. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. It's, it's Quinnen Williams. Uh, and it's going to help him in some ways, but it's also going to put a lot of pressure and responsibility on him, especially, again, I, I've mentioned this like three or four times, but in the run game, um, because he's going to have a lot of responsibility. He's going to get a lot of double teams there. It, they're going to be running at him with him getting lots of attention. Uh, that's going to be the biggest adjustment. Uh, it's going to free him up in some situations, attacking as a pass rusher, but he's going to be uh, bogged down. It's very similar. He's going to have to assume the DeForest Buckner role there. Um, but it And it's going to, to help free up their edge guys. But for the one person that's going to change the most, it's without a doubt Quinn Williams right there in the middle of the defense. Next question comes in from Steve Ballou. He says, to what extent do you think the Jets' dumpster fire reputation has been repaired by the hiring of Robert Sala and his staff? Has the gay stench been totally erased, or are the Jets still viewed with caution by free agents and franchise quarterbacks who've recently submitted trade requests? 
So I think this is going to take time, right? Right now there's optimism around the Jets and certainly there are players who like Robert Sala and they're much more likely to want to be here because of him and because Joe Douglas is somebody who seems to be competent, at least on the surface. But really the only way that this quote-unquote stench is going to get erased is if the Jets win because right now we're all optimistic but we have to see how this actually plays out how are they going to build this roster how is Salah going to work as a coach in actual reality these are all things that are theoretical right now so I do think that it's more likely they can get free agents to come here or guys that would be willing to come here in a trade than it was before but it's not a situation yet where the Jets are going to be at the top of all the best players lists so like Jamal Adams if it was reversed and he was in Seattle and wanted out I don't know that he would be putting the Jets on his list just yet Deshaun Watson depending on who you ask may or may not have but he is one person we have to see if this starts to become a trend and I think it will only become a trend if the team begins to win on a regular basis that's pretty much how this goes you win players want to come play for your organization yeah, I, some of this depends on the audience we're talking about here, too, because I I think the gay stench is gone instantly when it comes to uh, impending free agents. Now, that doesn't mean I'm saying the Jets are now a top destination, but nobody's looking at the Jets being like, I don't trust these guys running the show at, at all. I'm not coming. Um, and then when I talk to other front office people, uh, people around the league, everybody else is like, yeah, uh, uh, the Joe Douglas and Robert Sala running things. Okay, this this is this is the right way. Uh, when you come to, you know, of a players mentioned as a possibility for the Jets, that somebody tweets that out, that the mentions are still going to be filled with fans from all around the league going, who would want to play with the Jets? The stench hasn't gone that far that fans of other teams are going to be uh, be like oh, oh okay i get why the jets are going there but there it hasn't gone so far where like you said where the jamal adams of the worlds are going to be uh, demanding trades to the jets that's only going to come when they're look like they're ready made that's what made seattle so uh appealing to jamal is Russell Wilson, and they look like they could be ready to make a, a Super Bowl run that year. Um, and right now, they're not there. They're go- it's going to take winning to get them there. But as far as just the Adam Gase stench, as far as like um, agents, uh, players, you know, free agents, I think that is is gone. I I do think that. Joe Douglas and Sala command enough respect that no impending free agent is going to be like the Jets. No, I I want nothing to do with them now. Uh, Again, I'm not saying that the Jets are going to be at the top of a whole bunch of people's lists, but I don't think they're going to be at the bottom. I don't, if Adam Gase came back here, I think there'd be a whole bunch of free agents saying to their agent, Hey, you can use the Jets as, you know, a negotiating ploy. You can use them to drive up some price from someone else, but I am not going to that team. Um, there's the other players who would say, hey, if you get the most from them, I'm going there no matter what. But I do think as far as impending um, free agents go, that's that gay stench is gone. Now, how big of a draw is Salah, um, you know, that we know there's a, a bunch of players that do like him. And even like 
Allen Robinson has been tweeting a lot of, uh, uh, liking a lot of stuff just about Robert Sala. Like that is a difference. Uh, it's not just Frank Gore that wants to come play for the coach anymore, you know? Um, so I think the stench is gone, but it's not at a point where it's like everyone's going to want to come play with Sala. It's not that far yet. Like you said, that's going to take winning. You have to be winning and you have to get, you have to get uh, close enough where somebody says, Hey, I can be the difference that takes us to the Super Bowl with that team. Once you reach that level, then there'll be a, that's when everyone will come flocking like that. Next question comes in from El Gringo. He says, if the Jets are going to trade for Deshaun Watson, do they have to do it before free agency starts? I feel like the window is a lot shorter than people think. I can't imagine Joe Douglas milling over this trade till the draft and missing out on key free agents. I mean, theoretically, no, they don't have to. It would certainly make life a lot easier because, Chris, as you said, if they had Watson, it would be much more likely that they could land these top-tier free agents because they'd want to come here and play with him and build a real championship roster or the beginnings of one. But if the Texans dig in and don't decide to trade him just yet, there's no law that says the Jets can't get him later. Obviously, you'd prefer that they do it before free agency. Certainly, you'd prefer it before the draft. But if the Texans end up in a situation like the Bengals were in with Carson Palmer and finally give in nine games into the season, the Jets could trade for him then if they really wanted to. There's nothing that says that they can't do it. We've talked about this before, Chris, but Tua Tagovailoa was drafted number five overall last year. There are whispers that he could be in a package for Watson if the Dolphins end up trying to trade trade for him and if the Texans actually do trade Watson so the Jets could theoretically draft a quarterback and still trade him midway through his rookie year if they really wanted to I think it's a lot less likely that that would happen but it could be done so I would say that if the Texans were smart if they're going to do this they would do it before the draft because they want to use the capital from this year's draft. However, it could drag on and they could decide to do it at a later point. I just think they'd probably get less value for him. So to answer your question, it doesn't have to be done before free agency. I'm sure everybody would like for it to get done before free agency. I mean, Watson specifically, I'm sure, would like it to get done as quickly as possible. But we'll see how the Texans play this. Yeah, it definitely doesn't have to be done before free agency. But like I said, I think the Jets' odds of landing him decrease drastically after the first week of free agency. And the, the big part of the reason why I say that is because the appeal of, for Deshaun to go to the Jets is a lot different if he gets traded this week or he gets traded a month after free agency or right before the draft. Because the, the Jets aren't like super attractive – for John, you know, I'm not trying to say where he wants to go. Just as a looking at the roster, the roster isn't super attractive to Deshaun Watson right now. But if you got Deshaun Watson before free agency, then he's going to be able to attract all those free agents, and he knows that he can feel comfortable with that. Um, whereas if you wait to two weeks after free agency, and let's say they haven't signed, uh, you know, receivers and a bunch of the other pieces then the Jets might not be as attractive to Deshaun Watson. Um, and he holds that no trade clause. Obviously, also, if you wait uh, until just before the draft to make the trade, then you're not 
uh, position as well next year. Now, you still do the trade, absolutely, and then you just focus on building out past that, but it does seem to lower the the possibility and the odds of it happening, in my opinion. It just seems like if it's going to get done, it, it's much more likely that the Jets would be able to pull it off. Deshaun would want to come here if they get that done before free agency. The question will be, or will the Texans be willing to do that? Will they have made peace with the fact that they're not going to be able to keep Deshaun Watson before free agency starts. Cause like you said, it would benefit the Texans to come to this realization as soon as possible. It would benefit them to get the draft picks before this draft to be able to, to start rebuilding the team immediately. But we have to wait to see if they're ready to admit defeat on that yet. That's going to wrap up part one of the mailbag. We'll be back with part two tomorrow. In the meantime, make sure you're following Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider and read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, I'd really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.